Good morning, hello team, and welcome back to e-commerce experts. Firstly, a huge thank you for everybody who's liked, commented, or subscribed so far. If you haven't subscribed, I don't know why, but this episode is going to be the one that tips you over the edge. Today, we have the phenomenal, the inspirational, the exceptionally down-to-earth, Noel Mack, Chief Brand Officer of Gymshark. For those of you who that have been on another planet, Gymshark is the biggest brand right now, particularly on social media. Their social commerce is without a doubt one of the best in the world. Huge insights that he gives us and I think it's his way of thinking. He, he, as a chief brand officer, not a marketeer, he comes at things from a slightly different standpoint and I think that is what helps Gymshark cut through the noise, make a difference and set up their organisational structure for success. So I hope you take as much away from this as I did. Without further ado, here he is. Amazing. Well, look, thank you ever so much for your time today. Really, really appreciate it. And how did the um, Dragon Race go? So, yeah, I was going to I was going to say we're, we're rolling. Yeah, we're recording now. So we're I want to hijack your question for a second and give a massive, massive shout out to you and, you know, the e-commerce, the e-commerce experts podcast, because um, I get I get requests to do podcasts all the time. Right. And unfortunately, I'm just busy, as you can probably imagine. So I don't I, I'd love to say yes to all of them, but I can't. Um, and then when this charity thing came along, there's a charity, Birmingham Women and Children's Hospital, that we're really passionate about helping sick women and kids in our hometown of Birmingham. Hannah kindly popped up and said, no, come on our podcast and we'll make a substantial donation to the Birmingham Women and Children's Hospital. So to everybody listening out there, that's the kind of people that you're listening to right now. Hannah and her, her crew um, made, a, made, a ma- made a massive donation to the sick women and children in Birmingham. So Han, before we talk anything about e-commerce, thank you very much for doing that. No, no, of course. It's absolutely our honor. And I think it's really important to give back. There's there's nothing more important than that. And actually, it's not often that the opportunity comes up, which really arises with our values. So the NHS, women and children specifically in, you know, England, it's 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 perfect. Absolutely perfect. But yeah. Um, and in order to raise the money, you guys had to go and do a dragon boat race. Yeah, dragon boat race. I've never done that before. And it was one of those things where I was like, oh, man, I'm going to get all wet. And it's on a Saturday morning and work was really busy at the time. And I'll be honest, I turned up there a little bit like, OK, here we go. Because in my head, I thought, well, the money's raised at this point. But how how well I do or don't perform in this stupid boat is irrelevant, right? That Anyway, I thought that. I did the first race and then my ego kicked in and there were some of my colleagues in other boats. And I was like, I'm, I'm going to win this. Uh, safe to say, I definitely didn't win, but it was a lot of fun. And we had we had some fun in Birmingham. So that was really cool in the canal. But the other thing you're fresh out of is your brand book event. How did it go? Yeah. You've done your research, you have, Hannah. I like this. Uh, yeah, really good. Here's an interesting thing. Like we, We've grown so much in lockdown. It, was the, it, it wasn't just the brand book event. It was the first time we've had all, quote unquote, because you know some, not everybody could make it, but all of our uh, HQ-centric staff in one place. And it was wild. Do you ever... Do you ever do that thing where you go for like a walk up a hill, right? And it's only when you stop, turn around and look where the car is, you realize quite how far you've come. I talk about these moments all the time at Gymshark. That was another one the other day. So me and Ben are there on the morning, you know, AV guys, Mike and us up, we're running through our slides, practicing, doing whatever. Then all the humans start arriving. And I'm like, because you see the numbers, right? Like on Slack and whatever else. But all these people start arriving. You're like, no way do all these people work for Gymshark. Do you know what I mean? And there's just so many of them, so many new faces. People who I've never met in real life before. People who work in teams that they've never met in real life before because I've only ever interacted on Zoom. And it was just so great. Like, 
you know, I learned a lot through COVID. I think COVID in lockdown sort of taught me a lot personally and us as a company. But there's after that longer part, there's nothing like getting everybody back together. Do you know what I mean? So, so first of all, getting back together from sort of a, you know, everybody just feeling together from a staff point of view, but then us presenting the brand book and giving out the brand books to everybody that day and so on and so forth. So then also from a mission and vision point of view, also getting everybody together on that point. So they're all pulling towards this, you know, unified North star. It was really, really cool. Like it was a lot of effort. Ben was fresh back from his honeymoon and it was like, I, you know, we were still cramming and, and rehearsing like moments before people walked through the door. So it was quite to the wire. And then sort of chilling out afterwards on the evening and Ben texted me like, wow, that was such an amazing event. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was so great to have, have everybody like that, like on reflection. So yeah, it was great. And it must have been so different from when you first joined Gymshark, you know, those all those years ago, just the, the development of the brand in that time and the volume of people as well that you're presenting to all of a sudden, you know, were there the international teams there as well or was it focused on the UK? So that was so at the, at the time it was just the UK. We, we recorded everything and then the 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 Denver team. Uh, so I think Hong Kong tuned in live from their office. The Denver team saw it yesterday. Um, they replayed the recording. And then me and Ben jumped on straight afterwards to do an AMA with that office and asked us questions. Um, so some really relevant stuff that they asked, some stuff like who's going to play Ben Francis in Gymshark the movie, who's going to play Noel, all this stuff. That was funny. Um, <laughs> Who is going to play Ben Francis in Gymshark the movie? I suggested Dustin Hoffman. Um, I think he would do a good Ben. Um, yeah. And... Ben suggested for me Michael Scott from the the, the US office, like you know oh. that yeah the Ricky Gervais style character with the US version. So that was funny. Um, but yeah, no. So they they tuned in from you know across borders. But even yesterday, like jumped on with the US office and seeing a hundred plus people in Denver in an office that I've never been to. I've never met any of these humans, right? Same as Ben, we've never been there and seeing them on camera in this thing because it's designed exactly like our office, our offices. So it looks just like a Gymshark office, but we've never ever been there. It's crazy. But again, this is it, this is what I'm talking about, about lessons sort of learned in lockdown. You can do stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? We hired the, the entire senior staff out there all via Zoom and it's working really, really well. Wow. So yeah, man. And you're going to get out there as soon as it opens up again because it's coming up, isn't it? Yes, November. They're saying we can we can get out there again. Now that's it's a bu really busy period in e-commerce, obviously Black, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, holidays in America, whatever else. So I won't I won't like immediately dive on a plane and head out there. But as soon as you know things have sort of settled down from that point of view, and I've got all my HQ centric work done, then yeah, I'll be on the way out to Denver. Can't wait. I won't talk about Black Friday because I don't want to jinx anything. Um, I appreciate it's a very sensitive time of year, and you know what? Two out of ten years haven't been great for you, so let's hope this year is. Um, yeah, and the thing is, those those years have taught us so much, right? About that, those years where we didn't do so well, I think. I just think we learned a lot, and and the thing is, right? We like speak to Shopify, like we we they they think that they've told me this before i'm sure they wouldn't mind me repeating it their black friday is when jim shark launches black friday do you know what i mean they say once we get over that speed bump if that works we know everything else is going to go swimmingly right so we're we're not just pushing the with the, with the sorts of traffic that we can drive and that these these moments that we create in like in 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 e-commerce if you want to call it that um are like they're not just testing the boundaries of shopify and testing the boundaries of like the internet like toby uh, Shopify CEO sat and explained it to me because he's 
far smarter than I am about the sorts of numbers that we push to their you know servers and whatnot. And it was mind boggling. Like it was it genuinely. He, he said to me, he said, "I wish you could come over to our headquarters and see what it's like, like T minus ten when Jim Shark are about to go live." He was like, "We've got all the smartest minds in the room." He's like, "We've got millions and millions of dollars worth of tech, and everyone's just tapping away, just trying to keep that website online." He said, "And once we get once we're through that." Um, you know, o- over that speed bump, then we know the rest of the the, the Shopify um, ecosystem is going to stay up for Black Friday. So, yeah, we've we, we've had some failures, but like like anybody, like you win or learn, right? And we definitely definitely learn in those moments. So, I think it makes us stronger for you know events like this. Hugely, and your response, and specifically Ben's response in terms of how he talks to customers about those failures, are, are definitely one of the reasons that Gymshark has such a fantastic reputation. Right, the the way he gets on a video and explains, you know, I'm really sorry, guys, we're down, but we're trying to fix it up. Um, I've heard you talk about it before. It's it's that human element. He he has a human response to a, a problem in your business and doesn't hide it. Yeah, and what's funny is when you act like that, you instantly get like a. It's interesting, right? So we 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 think of ourselves as like a headless brand. We're not above the Gymshark community. We don't own the Gymshark community. We're a part of it just like they are, right? And like you have to have that same sort of shared success when you win and equally the same vulnerability to lose. And what's funny is when you do take that approach, like Ben does with like his personal comms, so often people go from, I'm really angry at this company. Do you know what I mean? Give me my leggings or my money or whatever it is to oh, that's okay. They're working on it. Do you know what I mean? And the second you the second you go back to them with a really human message, they come back with a very human response, right? Whereas if you put out some blanket statement from your boardroom or whatever else, you're experiencing technical difficulties, they're going to keep talking to you like you're a company. Do you know what I mean? So like this two-way interaction of like, you know, human behavior has worked really well for us historically. Um, and equally, it means that like, you know, when, when we have done stuff like NHS campaigns and whatever else, we try to show the human in Gymshark in the good times as well as bad. And uh, people seem to really lean into that. And I think people talk about like community marketing to me a lot and ask me about that. And they talk about why they should build a community around their business. And I think they often come at that from like a, like a ROAS perspective, right? But one of the biggest benefits of having a community like the Gymshark one is when stuff does go wrong, they're a lot more empathetic and they they understand the journey that we're on as a business and they know that we're not nike they know we're not adidas and they 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 lean into that with us and they say guys you got to remember this is a this is a business that's growing very fast there's stumbling blocks as you're hearing this from customers right coming to our defense on like forums and on facebook pages like it's wild um but yeah that's why we like absolutely love them and, and we keep the gymshark community at the forefront of like absolutely every every decision we make everything we do is with is with those people in mind that's amazing. No, it's fantastic. And and you touched on COVID there. I've heard you tell the story before, but you say it so well. So I'm going to ask the question again. When you saw Pret's response, how did that change your perspective of what Gymshark needed to do to get the nation and your community through the pandemic? Yeah, Pret's response was, so for those who don't know, Pret-a-Manger, right? That's a, like a coffee and sandwich shop here in the UK. Um it was a wild time, wasn't it? Like right at the start there, nobody knew what to do, right? There's no there's no playbook on what happens when there's a global pandemic. So all businesses are like, button down the hatches, let's take stock, let's figure things out. Pret came out so fast and said, what was it, 50% off everything, free coffee for the NHS, 50% off all your food, right? Straight away, right? Unless they had unbelievable, I don't know, financial analysts or whatever else, I don't think they did, you know, really, really dense commercial due diligence on what that was going to cost them. I think they threw caution to the wind and went, 
fuck it. It's going to cost us some money, but it's the right thing to do. And they will appreciate that in, you know, in years to come, whatever else, because they came out with that response so fast into the pandemic. And I thought, wow, talk about people talk, people talk about the fact you need to put your values on display for the world to see, right? Like you did with donation to the hospital for this podcast. Um, that was for me such a brave and such a great way to show what the, the values of Pret and Pret as a company are. And like, I'm not really a coffee guy, but when I am in the market, like if I'm, you know, wandering through London or Birmingham or whatever else, and I have I have money to spend in one of those places, a thousand percent is going to Pret because I know how they act, I know what their values are about. And I talk about this a lot with my team, right? People don't just buy things anymore, they vote with their pants. And I will I will vote for Pret time and again based on how they responded during the pandemic. There was that there's a line that you've probably heard me quote, and my team are definitely bored of me saying this. But um the Irish T Shock said straight again very early into covid he said he gave this speech and his final line was like let them say of us when times were at their worst we were at our best whoever made that call at pret can firmly say that when times were at their worst pret were at their best yeah absolutely and you guys did a number of things you did the, the sweaty selfie but actually one of the things that i wanted to pick up on was home shark not just mm -hmm. because i know it's one of your it might still be your most engaged message ever that went out but the agileness of the business that it takes to, to listen to a 19 year old who's got an idea and put it live in that quick time frame. How do you make it happen? Um, by, by trusting the fact that gray hair or, or, or tenure in the business doesn't always mean you have the best ideas. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. I'm talking to myself as gray hair, by the way, at the tender age of 30. Um, <laughs> but these people, the guys that work in our social team, right. And the social disruption team and whatever else, they're good at what they do because they're so close to the culture and they just get it right. And like, we have a formula for testing these kind of ideas that works quite nicely, which I won't let you in on because otherwise everybody will steal it. But <laughs> the point, but the point I'm making is like stuff like that, stuff like changing our Twitter name, screenshotting it and put it onto and, and just throwing it up on Instagram. Show me, show me a, a CMO who would put that down as one of their marketing techniques, right? Show me, show me somebody who who has fifteen years of experience that knows that's the right thing to do from a marketing perspective. No, they wouldn't. Do you know what I mean, I saw a great one yesterday. This this Twitter trend at the minute, which is like, uh, you you your fella DMs girls and blah blah. blah. Your fella does this. Your missus does that. It's like embarrassing things to say to each other about each other's partners, right? Which is really funny. Ryanair did one that said um, your fella moans about the leg room on Ryanair flights and he's only six foot four. Oh, he's only five foot four. Right. And it was so like, it's just, it's, it, we're in this new age of marketing now where the, that, that is not in the, the marketing handbook. Do you know what I mean? But they saw a cultural moment. They saw something that everybody was finding really, really funny. They found an authentic way for themselves to play in that conversation. They played in it and it's flying around the internet, right? The earned media value of that, the one tweet that they took, screenshotted wherever they put it, I bet it's absolutely massive. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, the home shark thing for us, you just have to trust these people. Like, so somebody asked me recently, like, no, where do you find these? Where do you find these? Uh, these, you know, little social experts? And it's like, where do you think? Twitter? Like, everyone else is going to every, <laughs> everyone else is going to Harvard for their to for their you know marketing execs. And Jim Sharp's going to Twitter and Instagram and TikTok and finding these people ourselves. It's a similar story with some of our influencers, right? We've got Ryan Garcia. He's a boxer. He's one of the most influential athletes on Instagram. Um, he's a great boxer, but he's a much better social media marketer. Like he's unbelievable. So he's a very good boxer, but he's an unbelievable social media marketer, which is why he's you know he's in the top ten athletes in the world on Instagram alongside wow. Conor McGregor and Ronaldo and those guys because he's, he's a young kid he spends all his time on social and he just he understands what works on there so who am i you know as, as 
30 years old and and spending all day in the Grand boardroom. age of 30. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but, but, but I'm being serious. Like, who am I to tell the, the, the person who spends all their time on TikTok and Instagram and Twitter, does it for their job? what is and isn't going to work right you have to put your faith in those people so and, and like we said we've got we've got a, we've got an instagram post with over a million likes that is testament to why that works and why we will continue to do it but it's also testament to your approval process right because it didn't get stuck for four days it didn't get stuck mm -hmm. in which is what normally happens with with big business and and i know you guys still consider yourselves the little guys but you are now maybe the unicorn status made you realize you are now yeah, big business and so the ability for a business your size still to be able to get that idea from a 19 year old to live within 24 hours it's still a testament to your processes actually as much as your values and your ethos Honestly, I'd love to tell you it's process. I don't think it is. I think it's just attitude in general. There's there's things that like we've got there's another hairbrand idea literally today that's coming out of the social disruption team. And um Aaliyah, one of the one of the stars of that team, messaged me last night on Slack at about 10 o'clock saying, You in the office tomorrow? I said, I said, Yeah, why? She said, I've got something I need your eyes on. I know what that means. She means I've got something that needs to skip all the process that I can put your <laughs> CBO stamp on and say, No, I said this was okay, and just get it out there. But again, we have that sort of open door policy, right? I don't sit in a corner office, nor does Ben, nor does Steve, uh, you know, previously uh, anyone. We we sit on the same chairs, we eat in the same places. We're we're very very accessible in the business. Anyone can put time in with us on Slack, Zoom, whatever. So it's just I think it's just more of an attitude thing and an understanding of what works. This business wouldn't be here if it wasn't for nineteen year olds trusting their gut. We can't then those nineteen year olds can't then turn thirty and we still trust their gut. Do you know what I mean? We have to keep it at that that age group and that ear to the ground sort of cultural understanding. I'm so glad you've mentioned the social disruption team twice now because I heard you mention it on Warren Weeks and I was like, that's a really interesting concept. I've never heard any other business before say they have a social team, a paid social team and a social disruption team. Um, I take it the, the hint is in the name as to what they do? Yeah, exactly. Um, well, this is the thing, right? I think if you, if, you, if you know anybody who works in social, they'll tell you like businesses who don't understand social will hire a social media manager and they'll say, and then, you know, the, the JD will look something like, hey, we need a social media manager, somebody who can create content, plan the schedule, manage influencers, <laughs> do all this stuff. And it's like one person. And then, and then, by the way, it's 25 grand per annum with great perks, right? Like one person can't do all that stuff. I think we're just further down the road, you know, like because back in the day, you'd, you'd had the marketing department and people just worked in marketing and they work across all things. Whereas now, obviously, we drill down further into that, right? Everybody knows you have your social media department, you might have a display, whatever it might be, paid media. Um, we've just gone even further down that rabbit hole in social. So rather than just having a social team, we have obviously the social guys that are responsible for posting, for planning, right? Like the, the understanding what the commercial calendar looks like and making sure all that's in line. Then you have a team who have no session targets, no that don't need to know what the what the the commercial calendar looks like don't need to worry about schedules their job is to make noise on platforms do you know what i mean find moments cut through and make noise because right now everybody on I'm trying to think of like a like a, 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 an event right everybody around like, i don't know okay black friday cyber monday right so black friday everybody's going to be you know our deals are coming soon look out for it black friday or or it could be a christmas thing a holiday thing thanksgiving in the states so when so many more people are now in the room vying for the attention, it's more important than ever to be able to cut through the noise, right? That's what we did with Home Shark. Everyone was trying to figure out how do we pivot, right? Big word of 2020. How do we pivot for the COVID and staying at home and whatever else? Everybody's content started to look the same. Here's a workout you can do with a few books in your backpack, do some squats, whatever else. <laughs> Rather than doing that, the guys went Home Shark because some of you guys needed reminding to stay at home, right? And cut through the noise, million likes. 
loads of celebrities and everybody sharing it and it flew around the internet so the, yeah that team like their job is to cut through the noise in a very in a very noisy room and that is social media right now but you guys have a fantastic following and actually the way you have structured your social media again is innovative versus anyone else in the market the fact that you have your Gymshark women Gymshark train you know you have your main Gymshark account does that allow you to communicate to those communities specifically and in, in a different way than you would perhaps do through the main account or is it to help that disruption I think that I'm not sure in, in the beginning, I think we just did it as almost from like a target demographic point of view. What it's developed into now is a really clear value proposition. If you look at the style of posts on Gymshark Women, they're very different to Gymshark Main. That's because we know people that, like that, that demographic doesn't go there or those cohorts don't go there for the same reasons. If you want workout inspiration, which so many people do these days on Instagram, right? You know, you're going to Gymshark train, right? It's super clear. So, and then from there, we know who to partner with and who to push traffic to where because Gymshark Women is much more about like outfit inspiration, almost the intersection of fashion and fitness, right? And how you can style outfits and put them together. So if we if we were to you know work with an influencer who who puts together great outfits, right, uh, a Molly May or uh, you know and someone like that, and then we had them driving traffic to Gymshark Train, when they got there, they'd be like, oh, I came here for style, almost style inspo, and I've landed on workouts, like, and and then you're going to notice low conversion, right, turning into followers, whereas. If you have a clear value prop of what the Gymshark Instagram page is, what the Gymshark Women Instagram page is, and what the Gymshark Train Instagram page is, then you can send relevant traffic to the right places. And there's a real clear value prop of what that provides to the consumer. Otherwise, you just end up with this mismatch of different content, you know, a bit of commercial stuff, a bit of trying to go viral. Just And it, you just end up like a, just a bit of an afterthought and a dumping ground for, you know, all your sort of marketing comms. Whereas, yeah, ours is quite refined and we have we have very clear value propositions of what all our accounts are there to do. I, I think that's really clear and it and it's very evident when you go on there because as you say, the the feel and the look is quite different across the different platforms. But that being said, I think a number of people it's the typical corporate response, right? When you look at big businesses that have done it, they've done it by country and they've done it by country because of budget reasons or something else. And, and it just doesn't always make sense. Whereas you guys have actually done it by what's the value? What, what's the customer want to get out of it? What do we want exactly. to communicate to the combustor in that? And it's so much clearer. Like you said there, I think you can, you can sometimes see in business, like when I look at those if, if I search whatever the company would be, or if it was us and I searched Gymshark and I saw Gymshark US, Gymshark DE, Gymshark UK, Gymshark Sweden, like I can see the org from that, right? I don't want to see the org in, in your marketing. I want to see that you thought customer first in your marketing, not what your org structure looks like. Do you know what I mean? And like I, I, I said earlier, like we put the Gymshark community to the heart of everything we do. The value proposition is the value prop to the consumer, not to us, right? It's like, what do they want to see and why would they come and visit these pages? Not... Or whose department looks after that? Well, let's make it that then. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, even little decisions like that, you can see where our customer first mentality sort of seeps in. Definitely. So you focus on marketing to the digitally native. Is that because that's where your consumer is or is that because that's where your strengths are and where you can cut through the noise? I think both. I think our strengths are there. I think so. I actually, I actually developed the the the, the, the phrase a little bit because digital natives, that Mark Prensky thing that came up from like 1980 onwards, uh, 1980 onwards is a little bit too old for us, if I'm being completely honest. It's like 1990 is our sweet spot. We weren't born. It's okay. I was born we in 1990, born. so I, I just made it in. Um, but 
the the so, so the social natives what we've sort of dubbed that the people that grew up with social media that remember running home from school to jump onto MSN Messenger they remember Tom on MySpace they remember these things right as it developed and they're there for the, the inception of Instagram TikTok whatnot those are kind of the oldest cohorts that we we, we tend to find in our in our uh, customer base um, but I think it's two things right we know how to connect with them because we came up with them and then equally we've developed our skills around that right and there are there there's a lot of underpriced attention there as well right? like when we joined when we joined tiktok it was called musically right but we saw the numbers of when we saw the numbers of uh, our, our age group our interest groups that were on there we were like wow how could, how is this being ignored and it was because at the time brands had never really got onto musically and figured out how it worked and people thought it was a bit weird and but, but you got to remember people thought instagram was weird at first like the the concept of a selfie if you remember at a certain point was cringeworthy and everyone used to call pouting the duck face that people were doing. Right. So you have to, you have to look at these things and go, right. Is that weird because it's weird or is it weird because people just aren't used to it yet. Now, if, if, if somebody sitting next to you in a restaurant whips out their phone and starts doing selfies, that's a complete societal norm. How long is it going to be right before somebody stands up next to you in Vapiano's or Nando's or whatever else and starts doing a straight up TikTok dance in front of their chicken. Wouldn't surprise me if that became completely normal because it happened with Instagram. So we just try and lean into like, what do we think is next social natives? And by the way, like I'm, I know that I'm, I'm semi showing off when I say, when we got into TikTok, it was called Musical.ly, right? We were there first, blah, blah, blah. There's also a bunch of losses that we've taken. So there's loads of stuff that we've been like, oh my God, this platform's going to be huge and we've invested time into it. And guess what? It's done nothing. But, you know, it, it, it will pay off when you get one of those things, right? Because now with it, there was a, I think, there was like a survey done recently on the biggest fitness brands on TikTok and Gymshark's number two with three billion tagged posts. That's just because we got there early, right? I've got this, I've got this analogy, which again, you may have heard, which I, I, I repeat to death, which is get your towel down early. And it's a reference to like European holidays. You know, there's like a race in the morning to the beach to get your towel down and get a good spot or to the swimming pool. It's that it's like, we got our towel down very early on the musically beach and we, we, and all the TikTok beach and we've now benefited from that. You know, I literally came back from holiday last week and there was a race and it was only the British. No one else does the races, only the British. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was, yeah, civil war with the Brits to get a nice It's spot. just hilarious. Yeah, it really no was. And so in terms of your competitors, again, you guys don't consider yourself the big, big brand, even though you are now, you know, up there. Nike isn't a competitor of yours. You've said it a million times. And I know that you're more scared of the 19 year old coming in the room with the next big idea. That is a direct note on that quote. But is there anyone else who you do consider as a competitor? As anyone else who you consider, you know, they're going about things in a different way? Yeah, I don't think they're a competitor. I love the way Tesla do things, though, because they're such lateral thinkers and they do things in a different way. You know what? I don't know. that's, That's a really difficult question because I think of it like I know that, you know, Typically, if, if if someone said said ran up to somebody with a gun to their head and said Jim Sharks competitors, I know who they're going to say, right? It's going to be other people who make leggings, but I kind of don't see it as that. I would, I, I think, like it's because we're such a because we're like a brand first and a retailer second. I more think like stuff like Netflix because it's just attention and eyeballs. Do you know what I mean? And like people go onto our TikTok just to hang out and get entertained, right? Not because they think our leggings are great. That's not why they're hanging out on our TikTok page. It's entertainment. So even stuff like Netflix, you could argue that that's, you know, that's taking the share of attention from us. Um, Squid Games, do you know what I mean? And whatever. And so then the the interesting question is, right, if, if we can, if we can, rival those guys for eyeballs which again it's a daunting task but if we could you can imagine the dividends that that would pay and how that would water down through culture and into our e-commerce sales and everything else but that tends to be the way i think of things it's like who's culturally oh i'll tell you like 
Do you ever, does anybody ever forward you memes from pages like Archbishop of Banterbury or anything like that? That's the exact first one that always gets sent over. Yeah, or I'm just bait or any of these pages. Like, this is social media attention, right? And this is like eyeballs and cultural understanding and whatever else. Like, I love what those guys do. Like, and I know people might see that as just, you know, a sort of kid in a bedroom somewhere sharing memes, but it, they're, they're influencing culture, man, 100%. So, yeah, like, it's so man, timely. Maybe, they yeah, are always on the trend, aren't they? Like, they're never a uh, second Munya, behind. You've seen, you've seen Munya's videos, right? Like he always does these like hilarious straight after the fact he did when Facebook went down the other day, he did like a Bear Grylls impression going Facebook's been down for six hours now and I've started to eat my own arm or whatever it is like because and it's just so timely and perfect. And like those ideas are like avocados, right? Leave them too long. They go brown and they're, they're awful. But if you get them just at the moment at the right time, they're amazing. I think that's what we did with Home Shark. I think that's what Munya's absolutely mastered. Um, and I think that's what, again, you know marketeers who are worried about the like the imposing social media revolution if they've spent their whole career doing dm and out of home and they're feeling a bit worried all you got to do is hang out on some meme pages hang out on some influencers like munya and you'll get it straight away and the the timeliness of it and the you know the the moments in culture that you have to capitalize on those guys are absolute masters of that is that how you guys continue to guess not just cut through the noise but how you continue to differentiate is that actually you're, you're looking for those new trends you're not looking to be who you were yesterday you're looking for who you want to be next year what's the trend next year yeah and i think i think it's just the values of the business and the mission of the business will, will remain the same right and we'll stay true to that it's just the way you deliver that message to the people that's going to have to change the way you the way we get attention you know on on social media right now is completely different to the way we did 12 months ago is completely different to the way we did 12 months before so we're agnostic on that point we're flexible in approach when it comes to how that message gets out as long as the message you know brews back to the same cause it's about bettering yourself tomorrow um it's about putting in work conditioning um because there's this there's this interesting thing that i've been toying with at the minute uh and this is all going to get a little bit jordan peterson now but the we're in this like society now where you can you can have most things really really quickly right you want to watch it like it wasn't like that when i was younger but you want you want to watch a movie right now you want to listen to that album right now you want that thing on amazon prime it could be in the next two hours maybe latest tomorrow morning right you can just get things so easily that you know employees market right now because there's jobs you know it's the, the economy is going well there's a plethora of choice and you can have stuff so easy one of the one fight, almost like the last bastion of the, the thing that you still have to work for is fitness. You can't have that tomorrow, right? If you want abs, sorry, there's no, there's no, Jeff Bezos can't get you abs, right? Or if you want to be able to run a marathon, Bezos can't help you with that. Do you know what I mean? Like you have to put in the work, you have to turn up every day, you have to adjust your lifestyle. And I love the fact that, you know, we can, we can promote that message and, and, and show people that it's not as daunting as it seems. You can find, we, we we would say that we create the clothing you'll sweat in, the community you'll become your best in, and the content that you'll immerse yourself in, right? So if we can create all those things, and although it is tough and you can't have it tomorrow, through Gymshark and you know the the sort of the, the stuff we put out there into the world, you can realise that it's 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 a bit more palatable than you might think. Ever since you've mentioned it as well, you'll just find me in the Gymshark comments. I'm no longer your content's great, but actually you're right. The comments is where the interesting stuff is and it's where the debate actually happens. I've now become a convert with if I see a post that I like, 
actually, let's just click in the comments because chances are everyone in the comments is going to be quite like-minded or they're going to be the polar opposite and they're going to be arguing against whatever we've said. Either way, it's, it is it's a form of entertainment. You're exactly 100%. right with that. I've never thought of it. Explicit and implicit insight that is. There's, 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 you know, there's, there's loads of there's the stuff that people tell you because they tell you, and the stuff that they tell you without them knowing they're telling you stuff. So, like, well, if you're hanging out in the comments, it's you and me creeping around in there in the darkness because yeah, I'm, I'm in there all the time. Like tweets, Facebook community groups, Instagram comments. Like that, that, that's where I spend the majority of my time. And no one would ever think that of a chief brand officer until you'd said it. <laughs> They wouldn't, would they? Yeah. They would imagine that you're doing all the glamorous stuff on the photo shoots, you know, doing the the big blue sky thinking. But you're right. The ideas from the big blue sky stuff probably comes from down in the dark, as you called it. In terms of, you know, you, you moved over to Gymshark full time. Let's pull it back. What do you think your biggest achievement has been at Gymshark? Oh, man. Personal question. I know you're not going to like it. Biggest achievement at Gymshark? Honestly, I like... I don't, I, there's, there's no one thing that I've done alone, right? I've got such an amazing team. And when I say team, I mean like my fellow chiefs, I mean the brand team, my direct reports. They're just like, I started off with three people when I got here and now it's like 200 plus, right? And like they're, they're, they're all unbelievable. And there's not one thing that I've done that I've done solo. There's always been so many key players to it who are probably way more important to it than I am. So um, I like to think that I just created a little bit of a breeding ground for free-flowing ideas and for 19-year-olds to be able to have their voices heard and and for lateral thinking to be able to thrive because it's so often in business, entrepreneurs and free thinkers and lateral thinkers start businesses, right? Because you need a bit of a wacky person to start a business because it's a terrible idea. Um, and then you bring in sort of train track thinkers to get it working nice and efficiently. But then one day the goalposts move and guess what? You left all your lateral thinkers and your free thinkers back in the startup phase. And now it's just train track thinkers who have 15 years experience. But all of a sudden, all that experience has become irrelevant because the goalposts moved. So again, look at some of the bricks and mortar stuff that's closed down in the UK recently because the e-commerce revolution happened. Um, so I like to think that I've kept I've kept new ideas and, and free thinking and lateral thinking at the top of the agenda and made people realize why it is important. And, and, and equally over time, hopefully had some wins with that to prove that, you know, that, that that's what we need to keep Gymshark, like you say, big, but thinking small. It, I think understanding, I, I listened to one of your other pod, podcasts before this, and there was the lady from Flowerbox who talked about how often the important thing was to say no. I always said a similar thing to my team, which was like understanding what, our biggest challenge is understanding what we shouldn't do next, not what we should do next, because we, I feel like we have this like this small flame of a brand that I know one day will turn into, you know, the biggest British brand ever, one of the biggest brands on the planet. And it's really important we nurture that. Right. And everybody wants to get a piece of it. Every every, you know, financial institutions or other brands you want to collab or this and that. Oh, you know what you guys should do? Everybody wants to tell it. You know what you guys should do? Everybody wants to tell you that. But it's just about staying in your lane, blinkers on, and just keep doing, you know, what we're good at and, and and taking that as far as we can take it. And then once, you know, maybe once we sort of plateau with that, yeah, we'll look at some other opportunities and whatever else. But it certainly hasn't slowed down lately. And I don't think it's going to slow down anytime soon either. No, and I love your idea of pop-up shops as well, just as a, a concept instead of so that you've got that bricks and mortar without it being permanent. Speaking of which, literally my my wonderful PR team right now are in Shoreditch. We created a pop-up nail salon, which again, you might think nail salon like what's it but i'll go back to what i talked about earlier right of like underpriced attention social media trends so on and so forth nail art is, has become so huge on social lately we launched a new range with some really interesting patterns and the pr team's idea was to transfer those 
those designs and patterns into nail designs and they set up in Shoreditch a nail salon where you could go along, get your nails done for free in the style of our new collection and then just literally sit influencers and, you know, and even just consumers and just create great content around your matching Gymshark uh, outfits and nails, which I saw some of the stuff go up on Gymshark Women yesterday. It looks so, so cool. And again, just talking about tapping into culture, right, and cultural shifts and social media trends, that is the physical embodiment of that sort of idea. That's a brilliant idea. Um, I'm actually quite close to Shoreditch. I might be venturing there you go, down get there. Down there. Get your nails did. And so one of the questions I'm sure you've seen then that we ask at the end of every podcast is, what's your favourite e-commerce brand, excluding yourself and why? I've got so many, right? Because we're such close friends with Shopify and we hang out with them, I see these stories all the time. Do, do we think Tesla's e-commerce because you buy the cars on their website? Potentially, yeah. I, I saw recently okay i'm gonna give you two answers then somebody showed me recently that, that, that how many clicks it takes to buy a tesla and i was blown away because it's something like seven clicks and like i'm embarrassed to admit i think some of our leggings are longer than that to get through and you know size color whatever add to bag and i think wow that's 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 amazing that is i i like anything where somebody's looked at the business model and gone no this feels wrong and weird even though it's worked that way for a long time and i think elon did that with like showrooms right he was like so you got a guy in a suit a car in the middle of the show which you can't drive touch whatever and he just sort of loosely shows you around it and says do you want to buy one seems, seems pointless rent's expensive let's just sell them online i really think i think that's really cool i love that thinking but if you want a proper answer of like a uh, uh, e-commerce brand i was looking for uh some like acetate glasses for a while right like the, the the clear lenses i just i just saw somebody wearing them and i thought they looked cool i wanted to get some and i have an enormous melon head so i have to be very very careful like where i buy glasses from because like they all look tiny on me these are actual sunglasses which i swap the lenses out of so anyway i'm I, I googled acetate glasses and i found this brand called ace and tate right that's the name of the brand it was obviously a play on and all their glasses were acetate so it was a play on that which i thought was really cool they they done the VR thing and um you know say what you want about VR it's, it's useful in some applications or AR um like IKEA with the furniture they've done that where you could sort of see it on your face but that's not great right it's, you don't know if the measurements are exact or whatever but they first of all the cost of the frames was really really reasonable second of all you could pick like five frames that you like the look of I think you paid for shipping and only shipping all five frames turn up at your house you can try them on send them back then tell them yeah i like those ones and then have your frame and then have your glasses made up obviously with your prescription from that and it was so good it was like wow like if i was if i was the cmo of spec savers or whatever else and i went on this website i would be quaking in my boots because it's like this is going to be the way forward for sure i went into spec savers not long after it and trying all the frames in the shop and then you got to send the thing off for like back in four or five days whatever it was and i was like, eh. the only thing that i thought ace and tate was missing was being able to actually test your eyes and do the do the prescription but then i was in uh down at truman brewery recently and i saw they have a shop down there where they are doing that now so i just think the the the, the friction they've removed from that entire process and the, the the fact that they're still profitable based on shipped all that shipping back and forth i think is is pretty revolutionary man so yeah let me let me go with my firm answer of ace and tate and my controversial one of tesla I know I like them. Um, I've come across Ace and Tate, but I didn't realise that that was how their service worked. So I'm definitely going to be taking a look because I, like you, have a rather large head and it's rather challenging. In fact, I just sent a pair of Oakleys back today because mm -mm, they're not designed for big heads. And if you could ask, uh, well, I mean, it might be Elon at this rate. If you could ask one other e-commerce leader question, anything you would like to know, what would it be? What's next for websites themselves? Oh, good one. Because I have this, I have this, hypothesis this daunting theory that 
e-commerce right now when you think e-commerce you think of a website i think when you think e-commerce in the future you'll think almost like channel first i think we'll be shopping on netflix shopping on instagram shopping on tiktok shopping on youtube whatever else and e-commerce is almost like the pipe work that you know sits behind that but then what does that mean for dot com right does dot com become lookbook your just the inf- more information about the brand if, if that's not where you're doing the majority of your shopping so what yeah what's next on that front what what, what people think comes next there because i don't think anybody truly knows that so i'd be interested to see if uh if elon or anybody else way smarter than me has any theories on where that's going to go it's, it's a good question really good question. if any of your future guests you know let you in on what what's next just give me a shout and let me know yeah, of course I will do. I'll, I'll drop you a mail or an email just to just to see what comes up. You never know, though, because it's always interesting. And as you say, it's always the small guys that probably have the insight, actually. Because the next nineteen year old in the garage, I'm telling you, those are the, those are the ones to be scared of. Not the not the not the boardroom execs at the big at the, at the big brands. It's it's the next nineteen year old in the garage. You got to look out for them, or employ yeah. them before they do it. Not the Ben Francis in his defender with his green trousers, isn't that how you? No, yeah, he's getting old. Yeah, Ben's out of touch now. He's an old man now. He's getting old. He's getting old before his years. <laughs> Bless him. Um, but no, seriously, thank you ever so much for your time. It's tough, and yeah, and again, thanks, thanks for having me on the podcast. But more importantly, thanks for the donation to the the Women and Children's Hospital. That was amazing. No, anytime. We can't wait to see where Jim Shark goes next. Thanks, Hannah.